Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Now, what? Here's the here's the thing with the podcasting world. If you are listening to this in a string of podcasts, maybe you're catching up. You're like, oh, this is episode whatever, and I just listened to another episode. The reality is. We haven't cut an episode in how many... And I'm not... I know we're probably not supposed to be trans... Talk about this, but I'm going to be transparent about it. But it's been how many weeks? Uh, Three weeks from today. I don't like... I, I, I He got this new setup for YouTube and... Speaking know, of YouTube. Weird. Speaking of YouTube, Check DIY YouTube. money See on the YouTube. New setup. See the new setup. It's not really a new setup. We no. moved you a few degrees around the circle. No, it's the depth perception. I see the... The camera and the thing. I got to be honest. I come in, it's like a little like I'm trying to get my bearings. There's cartoons, your mom. Anyways, so I've been out for a couple of weeks. Uh, finally did the race. This sucks. <laughs> I don't like this. Sorry. Sorry for our YouTube audience. Watch the language. I like to Family look at show. you. I like to look at you and have a conversation with you. I know. You could look at Logan. He's over there. Hello, Logan. Hello. 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 So I was out, finally did the race. Um, first of all, if you're not in the tribe, what, we're well over 1,000, by the way, and I don't know who the 1,000th mem- member was. It happened when I was traveling, and I always just click, like, approve all, approve all. So somebody out there is like, Ten hey, people I or... was the 1,000th member, you know, and uh, and I'm sorry if you were. Maybe let us know. No, here we go. I'm going to get a 50 emails. Don't do that. Yeah, the thumb was the thousand. We're well over a thousand now. Send your email to Logan at DIYMoney.org. Does he have an email set up finally? No, that's the funny part. Okay. It's a catch-all. It'll still go to me. <laughs> uh, DIY Tribe on Facebook is what we're talking about. And I did a, I did actually 20-some miles in, Daniel. It was one of these instances. There was no one around me uh, at all. And so I took out the phone turned it on because i had had it off as i was only checking in at the at the aid stations and i cut a video i cut a video for the tribe 20 some miles i was walking up a hill mm-hmm. it was like i was i just did an incline thing but it was like For this. the proper gradient it was ridiculous and i did and it was i mean it was the time where i was like i'm gonna die like i'm dead i'm you're gonna drag me off this course airlift me off this course unbelievable 50k is supposed to be 31 miles uh, apparently, the, the actual clock distance or whatever was 33 and a half. My watch said 37 and a half. Eight and a half hours. Why'd you take the corners wide? Yeah, there's no. I think when I got to an aid station, so this is the only thing I could figure out. I would go to an aid station, pickle juice. Frank, how do you say ca- is Castro? Sotero? Sistero? Frankie, whatever. Frankie in New York, he knows who he is. Okay. Save my life. Because Frankie, a while ago, sent me a note and said, hey, cramps, pickle juice, it'll save your life. We actually do have a podcast today. We have a question and everything. But I just Whenever. feel like I haven't seen our audience in a long time. It's been time. a while. But anyways, um, I got in, and I totally underestimated how cramping would impact this whole situation. 
So I beelined for pickles and pickle juice. And I mean, I used, and, and so I would drink a cup of pickle juice. I would go back to the trash can. I'd throw it in the trash can. I'd walk around a little bit. So the only thing I could think of is at the aid station, I probably, eight stations, I probably added a mile or so, whatever, because I didn't shut my watch off. That doesn't add up to the difference between 37 and what you said. I know, 33 and a half. Tell me about it. So I think it's balderdash. I think it, I think it was a 36-mile course at least. Got to get into at the apex least. of those corners, man. It's a single track. There's no. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> There's a single track. There's no, there was no like wide angle. It was a most of So hardest thing I've ever done in my life, most rewarding thing, and this is the last thing I'll say about it because I thought this was funny. Cross the finish line, overwhelmed with just emotion. My family was there. I was like a bubbling idiot. I was also like dehydrated and probably about to die. And then I sat in a chair. My buddy, it was hysterical because we got done. And I know that we looked at each other and it was like, we're never doing this again. Like, that was ridiculous. That's that what, was always what you say that moment. Ever. Yes. But then day two. The next day, we're out there having coffee. We're overlooking. We're in this beautiful cabin. And we're overlooking. And we looked at each other and we're like, so... Like next year, 50K, 50 miler, what are we doing? So there will be more. There will be more. Anyways. All right. Let's get into the question of the day. This comes from uh, Jonathan. Thanks, so, yeah. Jonathan. Not the same Jonathan I ran with, but different Jonathan. Jonathan, what do you got? DIY. Hi, DIY money guys. My name is Jonathan, and I'm from Florida. I've been listening to your show for about six months now, and I really enjoy it. I have a question about income taxes. I have two jobs, one as an employee and one as an independent contractor. I know I will have to file a W-2 and a 1099 form, and I know that I'm responsible for paying both the federal income tax at my income tax bracket and the self-employment tax on the 1099 income. However, this coming tax season will be my first time having to file a 1099 tax form. So my question is this, what do you guys think is the best way to plan for and prepare for the 1099 taxes and are there ways to reduce the taxes that I owe on that income? All right. First of all, Jonathan sent this question in probably six months or so ago. So you've already filed your return, even with the extended date. I'm sorry that it took us so long to get back to you, Jonathan. It was a good question. I didn't find it in the queue until just now. Uh, doesn't mean don't stop sending those questions. Don't stop. Send those questions in because we, we still want them. But I do apologize that we didn't get to this sooner. So you've already had a lot of this answered. But many of you out there, maybe you're starting a side hustle. Maybe you just took the boot camp where we talked in week two about how important it is uh, if you have cut margin that you then possibly need to create margin. And so side hustles, 1099 type employment uh, is obviously critical. And so understanding this is paramount. A couple of things to consider, and I think Daniel will probably go further into the weeds on this. Obviously, as a 1099 employee, that's a contract employee. Contract employee uh, is basically anything where you're supposed to be able to set your own hours, sort of as long as you do your job, you're you're paid a, a wage. The employer 
is not responsible to send any sort of taxes in on your behalf. That would be, as you alluded to, a W-2 employee. So they basically just cut you a check. And it, your responsibility is to keep up with all of your income, your expenses, taxes, etc. Now, for all intents and purposes, whether you are you know, just doing basic kind of work, showing up, cleaning an office, doing some technology work or whatever – You've started a business. I mean, you you may have not incorporated. You may not have an LLC set up, and that's perfectly fine. But you are, in the eyes of the IRS, basically a business. And so as a business, as a sole proprietor, you are still responsible for taxes. You are responsible now for both sides of the taxes when it comes to Social Security and Medicare. And that ultimately boils down to what's called self-employment tax. Self-employment tax comes right off the top, the amount of money that basically accounts for the same thing that you would be paying in as an employee as part of the Medicare and Social Security tax. And it comes out to what, Daniel, about 12? Total? Yeah. 15.3. 15.3. There you go. I was already 3% off. 12.4 is the Social Security side. There you go. So 15%, basically, right off the top is what you are going to owe. Now, again, I'll let Daniel talk about how that then flows through to your 1040 and yada yada, but one of the benefits, however, is that being a sole proprietor, being a 1099 quote-unquote employee, I, I always think that's an oxymoron, 1099 employee. That doesn't make sense. But anyways, that's what they call it. Uh, you can take deductions. You can take uh, expenses that you would incur or do incur to operate this quote-unquote business, and you can deduct them. Now, you have to keep good records, and they can be expansive. They can be things like your mileage, driving to and from these places that you're doing work, or if all of a sudden you have to go to the store and pick something up that helps in this in this role, or you know your cell phone bill to communicate with this person, or maybe even and this is where you need to talk to a tax advisor, a section of your house that you operate as a home office. Now, that becomes a little sticky and a little dicey when ultimately you're talking about ultimately reselling that house, but neither here nor there. All of these things, though, can be used to offset that 1099 income, and that is done prior to those taxes being paid. So, for example, let's just throw out there, say you make $1,000 in a year, 1099 uh, employee income or 1099 income, but over the course of the year, your cell phone bill, the mileage that you add up, the materials that you've purchased, etc., ultimately equal $1,000. So you're able to deduct the $1,000 against the $1,000 that you made. You didn't make any money. So ultimately, you paid no tax. Now, why would you ultimately then do that job if, for example, you're not making any money? Well, odds are you're still going to have a cell phone bill. You're still going to have jobs that you have to drive to and from, and maybe it overlaps. I'm not saying to do anything shady here, but the bottom line is a lot of personal expenses that you've ultimately used for that job can then be deducted against that income and its expenses that you'd have nonetheless. So that's why when you look at a small business, and I won't go too far down this rabbit hole, but when we evaluate small businesses, 
for our clients, and let's say they're looking to sell or let's say they're looking to value their business, we have to sort of look at the expenses that they have as a business, and we have to almost kind of take out personal expenses that would be there for them regardless, such things as car expenses or or cell phone expenses or maybe even insurance expenses because ultimately if they didn't have that business, they would still pay those expenses. So that's what I got on that for, for Jonathan. What else you got there, Daniel? How does this whole thing work? How does it flow through to their 1040 and double taxation and all that stuff? Uh, well, yeah, you're probably going to use TurboTax or a tax professional to actually fill out the forms and flow through. Um, I'm not sure that you're going to personally do all the fill-ins and all that. So uh, I would have a tax professional and or software walk you through all of that. Uh, that's going to be the best route to go. But you already mentioned the self-employment tax. You're going to pay both sides of that. He mentioned he kind of had a good handle on that. We talked about deductible expenses, and, and that's spot on. Uh, keeping track of the portion of your uh, current expenses that you're using. Um, and you don't have to get, you know, quote-unquote creative, but really just look at what it takes to market yourself as a contractor. So that could be domain name registrations. It could be some of the Internet in your house that you utilize to um, to actually, you know, conduct business on, you know, the margins of your time and things like that. So really keeping a good track of what portion of the um, the things that you're using can be allocated to that business could significantly reduce the taxable income. And like you said, you're still getting that income to help cover those expenses. So on a net basis overall for your personal life, you're coming out ahead, uh, even if you don't show taxable income on that. Now, you know, if you're a contractor at some point, it's good to show some taxable income, not giving tax advice. But uh, I think the rule of thumb is the IRS likes to see some taxable income if you're consistently sort of filing as a sole proprietor or a self-employed. Like if you have losses every year, in perpetuity, forever, then at some point they stop kind of considering that a business. So that's just one word of caution to talk to your tax preparer about or consider uh, as you kind of figure out expenses to charge against that income. Organized, organized, organized. Be organized. I cannot stress this enough. Anytime I meet with a friend or a client who's starting a side hustle or a business, I tell them you've got to be super detailed and organized in your income, your expenses, and start the process uh, from the very beginning. A lot of times it's helter-skelter. You're just trying to make a buck. You're just trying to get things in. You're like, ah, you know, I don't care about this, or I'm going to save all my receipts and put them in a shoebox, et cetera, and worry about it later. It's going to be very difficult to worry about it later. I can vividly remember the first year I actually made money. I was an advisor I was a 1099 contract business person through a brokerage firm, and all I was trying to do was make enough to pay pay mortgage, pay or pay rent, pay my bill. I mean, just survive. And I did one year. I finally did that, and I thought I was putting enough away. I knew, oh, at the time it was, well, maybe I was only always factoring in the 12%, but whatever. I was thinking to myself 12 15%. And so every time I'd get paid, I'd put that away. And so I'd put it in an account. And so I had 12 to 15% set aside um, at the end of the year. And I thought that was enough. Well, I had a very rude awakening. And this was, again, I was, I was an investment guy. I didn't know enough about the tax side. When my CPA called me and he said, you have a very large tax bill. And I said, what do you now at the time? Now, I, I mean, it was like 20 grand. And I go, 
and he, and he goes, you know, it's twenty thousand dollars. I was like, like how? I mean, what, what are you talking about? What are you? Yeah. I mean, what? He goes, well, do you have any other deductions? And you know, and I, I've certainly went back and looked and made sure that I was writing off everything I possibly could. But here's what I was missing. Here's the critical piece that I was missing, and this is very important to understand. Yes, you pay that self-employment tax, but then that income that you made comes over onto your personal return. Now, you get a deduction for what you've paid in your self-employment tax, but if overall it boosts your overall income, then you could still you still owe federal income tax. You still owe state income tax. Yeah, so any profits from the business so, above and beyond the expenses. So for some reason, I had just thought to myself, "Well, I'm paying this fifteen percent as a self-employed person. This mm-hmm. is this is enough." Guess what? From that moment on, I always set aside thirty percent, thirty percent at minimum. Now it's even a little bit higher because tax income brackets have gone up. But ultimately, when someone is starting a business and they say, how, how much should I set aside? I tell them 30, right off the bat. And they, their jaw drops. They're like, what? Oh. Oh. And I, oh. oh. What are you talking about? I said, that's, that's what you're going to need to set aside, 30%. Yeah, so take a look at where your W-2 income puts you on the tax brackets. And let's say, for instance, that with your W-2 income, you're in the 22 24% tax bracket, meaning you're taking your salary from the W-2, and you're taking out the standard deduction, we'll just assume, and then you're looking at where you fall in the tax bracket. And for these purposes, we're going to say 24% because it's going to make the math a little easier. So 24% is your next dollar of tax, uh, in theory, uh, from the profit of your business. So that's what you need to have for federal tax. Then you're going to add in the 15% for self-employment tax. So that's going to bring you up to 39 percent uh, that you need to withhold from that. And then if you live in a state with state income tax, let's say Kentucky, you're going to add another 5% to that. And you're talking about... 44. Did I do that math correctly? You did. The, the, and that's it's a good rough. roundabout. But you do get a little bit deduction, and so it might end up might end up being 35% or so that you got to put away or so. The point being is it's a lot. And so as you're starting, I've seen this countless times. As you start a business, I mean, you could make 10 grand, and you'd be like, ah, I only made 10 grand. And then you turn around and you owe three thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and you're like, "Wait, what? Where am I going to get three grand?" Oh, 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 oh! So please, please, please plan ahead of time. Talk to an advisor. Make sure you, you know, have your ducks in a row, et cetera. All right, we got to wrap it up. Anything else? Yeah, just open up an extra savings account, and throughout the year, you 30%. know, when you have profit, put. 30 to 40% away in that other savings account and don't touch it until tax day comes. Exactly. And then you will be just fine. All right. Great question. Thanks so much for asking that. I'm sorry it took us so long to get to it. I hope, hopefully you, uh, you already gleaned some of that before, uh, before this year started. Maybe. I don't know. All right. Anyways, uh, anything else to add? I think that covers it. All right. Remember friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make, invest the rest, do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $5 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.